Amen. I thank the Lord for his promises that he's going to abide with us and stay with us the, all throughout to the end of the ages. Well, let's open to Psalm 145 tonight. Psalm 145. Psalm 145, it's a, an incredible song of praise. I don't know if David wrote this uh, uh, psalm as a primer on how to praise God, but it certainly could be used as such. Um, in this world around us, it's full of all kinds of problems and uncertainty and chaos. But it also has joy and happiness, too, uh, the mountains and the valleys. Uh, we learn from this psalm to, that we're to praise him throughout it all, no matter what's going on in our lives, all situations. And David teaches us that we are to magnify the Lord in all circumstances. We're to declare his greatness and pass it on from generation to generation ahead of us. My prayer is that when we, as we explore this psalm, we'll draw ever more close to the Lord and deepen our understanding of his character. Uh, there's a lot of about his character here in this psalm. And with that, hopefully we'll find some inspiration to live lives that speak forth praise to his name and to his glory. Amen. And uh, so let's look at Psalm 145 and let's look at some practical things that we ought to do on a regular basis in order to build this heart of praise in our lives. Let's go through and read the psalm first. Verse number one says, I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise thy works to another, and shall declare thy mighty acts. I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty, and of thy wondrous works. And men shall speak of the might of thy terrible acts, and I will declare thy greatness. They shall abundantly utter the memory of the great, good, uh, the great goodness, of thy great goodness, and shall sing of thy righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger, and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. All thy works shall praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. They shall speak of the glory of, the, of thy kingdom and talk of thy power to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and thy dominion and endureth throughout all generations. The Lord upholdeth all that fall and raiseth up all those that be bowed down. The eyes of all wait upon thee and thou givest them their meat in due season. Thou openest thine hand and satisfiest the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He also will hear their cry and will save them. The Lord preserveth all them that love him, but all the wicked will he destroy. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord, and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. <coughs> as we begin looking at these things, we're going to look at some, as I said, some practical 
things that we ought to be doing on a regular basis in order to build a heart of praise in us. Uh, number one, first of all, we are to exalt him. Uh, he says in verse number one, I will extol thee or exalt thee, O my God, uh, my God O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Uh, there's a fresh commitment from David here in verse number one. I will extol thee. Um, I will bless thy name. Uh, he exalts his name because he's worthy of all exaltation. Uh, he's our God. As such, he's the creator, the life giver, uh, the sustainer of life itself. As such, he's worthy of our praise. Amen. And to exalt him means to lift him up above everything and everyone else. Uh, he is the most important. He's the premier one. And sometimes in times of depression or discouragement, we have temptation to feel or even say, why should I praise him for this? <laughs> Just look around me. Look at the mess that's around me. But we need to recognize that during our lowest times, uh, we need to even more than usual depend upon what we know of, of what is true about God. Uh, we need to replace the lies that Satan and depression and despair tries to tell us with the truth of God's word. And we need to commit to exalt him. No matter where we find ourselves, no matter what situation we find ourselves, uh, we need to bless his name forever and ever. And uh, it's not a one-time thing. In fact, number two, it says we are to praise him every day. Praise him every day. Verse two, it says, every day will I bless thee. And I will praise thy name forever and ever. Uh, every day we come back to him with praise. Every single day. And verse 1 said, I will bless thy name forever and ever. Uh, one thing that I talked about that church that we went to in Tennessee when we were on vacation. And that's one thing that, uh, that just really stood out to me in, in the testimonies themselves. Was just the praise that they, that they gave to the Lord. And uh, just uh, just focusing in on how his goodness and not just thankfulness and not just praising him for things he did to them, but who he was. And uh, it was a real blessing and just kind of an eye-opener to me. And uh, it says, uh, here the Bible says that we need to praise his name forever and ever. Uh, not uh, the, Verse 1, it says, uh, I will bless thy name forever and ever. Verse 2 says, I will praise thy name forever and ever. Uh, not only are there two different words in English, but there are two different words in Hebrew as well, of course. And the first, bless, is the word barak. It, it means to bless or kneel or salute. It's a humbling yourself before a holy God and blessing him. The second praise is halal. It means praise or uh, commend or boast about or shine forth. Uh, the word hallelujah is the command to praise ye the Lord. It comes from this word, halal you, yeah. And, uh, and this uh, is the word halal, praise, to boast about, to shine forth, to shout forth about. And the point is we're to praise him every single day. And it's something that's verbal, amen? It's not just something that we do in our minds. Uh, we need to verbally praise the Lord. Uh, it just does something to our hearts, and it just keeps the devil at bay, Amen. And uh, we need to praise the Lord. Uh, a heart that is continually focused on praising God is a heart that's, uh, whose focus is out of the mire of life and on the one who can truly help you out of the mire. Amen? And uh, focused on the right thing. Uh, whenever we uh, find ourselves in trouble, it doesn't do any good to look in, uh, at the despair you're in 
and struggle, just call out for help and keep your eyes on him. And we should praise him, not just for what he has done, but mostly for who he is. Thanksgiving is for the things that he's done, amen? And we can praise him because it kind of intertwines sometimes, doesn't it? You know, who he is is very connected to what he's done. <laughs> uh, but uh, the praise is, is a praise for, is, is, is uh, exalting him for who he is. And let's not let our circumstances determine our praise, amen? Uh, no matter what situation you're in, uh, you can always praise the Lord for who he is. Because he never changes, even if your situation changes. And it looks very bleak and, and distressful. Uh, you can still praise him because he's never changes. And the devil makes sure that we'll never praise him if uh, we, de we determine whether we're going to praise him based upon our circumstances. Amen? He'll make sure that we're always under dire circumstances uh, to prevent us from praising him. But God never changes, and neither does his worthiness of praise. Uh, so we need to exalt him. We need to praise him every day. Number three, we're to speak of his greatness. <coughs> specifically speaking it forth. Verse 3 uh, through 7, the Bible says, Great is the Lord, greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise thy works to another, and shall declare thy mighty acts. I will speak of the glorious, uh, of the glorious honor of thy majesty and thy wondrous works. And men shall speak of the might of thy terrible acts, and I will declare thy greatness. Thy, they shall abundantly utter the memory of thy goodness of thy great goodness, and shall sing of thy righteousness. These verses, especially in this section here, repeatedly talk about speaking forth his greatness and praise. Uh, actually speaking it forth, it says, talks about declaring thy mighty acts, speak of the glorious honor, speak of thy might, declare thy greatness, utter the memory, sing of thy righteousness. Over and over again in this section, we're speaking forth uh, the, the goodness and the greatness of God. Why? Well, verse 3 tells us that, uh, that he's so great, it's unsearchable. Uh, we can't do it enough, amen? And you can't find the end of his greatness. You can't figure him out, amen? Uh, he can surprise you every single day because his greatness is so vast. You can't nail it down or, or define it. No word fully describes his greatness, uh, no song fully expresses it. Uh, no praise can reach the worth of it. And his greatness is unsearchable. And we see here that we're to, uh, letter A, teach the next generation this praise. Verse 4 it says, One generation shall praise thy work to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. <clears throat> oh, how important it is that we teach our children how good God is. Amen. Share with them answers to prayer involve them in the prayers for your needs uh, so that they can see when he answers them say but what if he doesn't answer okay that's not faith is it we got we have to ask in faith the bible tells us we need to step out and then we go to the lord and we say lord i stuck my foot in your mouth <laughs> you know i've i've said something to my kids and said that you were going to provide you're really going to have to do it now Okay? And don't pray on selfish uh, desires, okay? but according to his will. Uh, things that he has promised us and he will provide. Even if your children are grown, uh, share with them your concerns and what you're praying for. 
That way, whenever they get, the prayers get answered, you can share with them the answer to prayer. They know, you know, it's one thing to hear somebody say, you know, I've been praying for this and this happened. But it's a whole other thing whenever you say, I'm praying for this. I don't, know, I don't know if God's will, but boy, I'm praying about this, and I'm just praying that the Lord will do this. And then all of a sudden, you come back and you say, God answered my prayer. I've been praying this and this. That's a whole different thing, isn't it? You know? And they heard, they heard about it ahead of time, and then they see the answer. Even if your children are adults, uh, share with them what is your heart. This is the way that you can influence the next generation. You may not have the same control to grab them and bring them into church, <laughs> but you have the control of what your mouth speaks. Amen? And uh, you'll never share your faith to the next generation more than when you help them see that God is listening and that he cares about them and he cares about your needs and uh, he, even your wants, and he answers prayer. Uh, declare his mighty acts to the next generation. And I want so badly for my kids to see how God provides. And I've talked about this already, but God, uh, God miraculously provided for our recent vacation. It was just astounding. I, you know, I'm not surprised, but I'm still it's just amazed. You know, I began praying months and months ago. I didn't know how in the world we would do it. I didn't want to just go to another state, <laughs> you know, for no reason. I wanted to find some place that we would find some real rest. And I wanted a place that had fun things to do around it and wanted to have enough money to do some things while we were there, not just go there and uh, look at all the fun things. So, boy, I wish we could do that, you know, type of thing. I wanted to be able to have the money to be able to do something. And I wanted to be able to afford to go get food at a restaurant from time to time and not have to come back to the cabin every night and every day in order to eat and, or eat in the car. There's nothing more depressing than going to your car and eating a sandwich or something like that when you're at a theme park or something like that. I don't know. We used to do that growing up to save money. But, boy, it's just depressing, you know. Uh, but, you know, I wanted to be able to uh, enjoy ourselves. And God provided for all of that. Not just our needs. Our needs would have been a sandwich in the car. Amen? And I would have been content. Uh, but God provided our wants, too. And we cooked quite a bit in the cabin, and that, that helped a lot. And, uh, you know, but God provided for us to be able to go and do some things. You know, God provides. Amen? God answers prayer. And uh, don't be shy about it. Whenever God answers prayer, you need to teach the next generation that this is happening. This is real. And God provides. And when it's a direct answer to prayer, uh, you need to make sure you speak that forth and let them know. And I want my kids to see that God answers prayer. I want our church to see that God answers prayer. Amen? And I want, uh, I want, uh, I want people to know that he's real. And that he listens and he cares. And it's not just for the pastor either. I can't do anything about your prayer life. Amen? All I can do is try to be the example that I'm supposed to be as your pastor. And you have, can, I can hear it now. Well, you're the pastor. That's why God answers prayer. Oh, baloney, I'm no different than you are. Amen? I'm nothing special. Okay? I don't want to tell you too much. Okay? Because you, you'll really kick me out. But uh, I'm nothing special. Okay? There's nothing different about me than you. Okay, the only difference is what about a foot higher, you know, and uh, when you're sitting back there, we're about even. Okay, so, uh, you know, just it's, it's nothing special. God will answer your prayer just as much as he'll answer mine. Uh, we just need to uh, put it out there and, and so that people can see the answers to God. Speak it forth. 
Uh, speak about it to the next generation. Then secondly, letter B, speak of his honor and majesty. This speaks of who he is. Um, I will speak of thy glorious honor and thy majesty and of thy wondrous works. <coughs> and men shall speak of the might of thy terrible acts. And I will declare thy greatness. They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness and shall sing of thy righteousness. But don't just, again, don't just praise him for what he does, but praise him for who he is. The word honor, hadar, means glory and splendor and majesty. It describes the very character of God. It's interesting, the word uh, honor means majesty, but then the word majesty actually means majesty too. Uh, but I guess we have that in English too, don't we? Uh, but the, that word is the word hod. It uh, means vigor, authority, that majesty, strength in battle. Okay, and so we, we need to praise him before the people for his incredible nature. Let them know how magnificent he is and how great he is. I've been talking uh, I, uh, to a, a group of friends before and, uh, you know, and sitting stand there, you know how, how it works whenever uh, gr- couples get together or whatever. The men end up standing over here and the women stand up standing over here in that church or wherever it might be or in the uh, kitchen or dining room of somebody's house or living room. And I remember once talking to a friend of mine and we were both overheard his name mentioned by his wife. And of course, you know, anytime, you know, your name is mentioned, your ears kind of perk up and his did. I could tell he was in the middle of talking. He kind of hitched in the middle of his sentence, and I don't have the attention span to do this, but he kept talking even though I could tell he was listening to what she was saying. And uh, I don't have that skill, but, um, but he was listening very carefully. And she said something very flattering and eagle-building about him, not even realizing that he could hear her, uh, what she was saying. But you could just see a whole change in his demeanor, in his presence. Uh, a smile from deep within crept to his face, and he just returned his attention to the conversation and kept talking. You know, uh, why you, you don't know the power you have to build up or tear down your husbands. Amen? Uh, wives talk about how they want a strong, vigorous husband, but they spend their time tearing him down in front of other people or even behind his back. Uh, it's no wonder so many men shrink away. Uh, we are made in God's image. We're made in his image. We're made like him. He deserves to be praised. We don't. <laughs> Amen. Uh, but the, how it makes us feel to be praised. And uh, he deserves it. Uh, and continually utter the memory of thy great goodness and sing of thy righteousness, the Bible says. And then number four, we're to make known his compassion. We're to make known his compassion. Starting in verse 8, the Bible says, The Lord is gracious and full of compassion slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. All thy works shall praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power, to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and thy dominion endureth throughout all generations." We need to speak forth about his compassions. This includes, uh, as mentioned here, his grace, letter A. Uh, this word gracious, hanun, it's, uh, it's only used in the Bible as a description of God, uh, being gracious. And God himself described himself this way when he spoke to Moses in Exodus 34, 6. And so the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, 
long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. Uh, it's merciful. And his grace is unspeakable. However, we need to find the words to share it. Amen? Uh, don't use the excuse that it's, it's, it's unspeakable. Amen? Uh, find the words and start sharing the best you can. Uh, but it includes his compassion, of course. Uh, aren't you glad that he's full of compassion? Amen? Uh, Jesus lived on, on, on this earth, and he lived that trait out in his life while he was here. And his heart was moved with compassion, the Gospels tell us. And then, so that was letter B, his, his compassion. Letter C, his, his patience. His patience. The verse says he is slow to anger. Uh, oh, I, I don't know about you, but I'm very grateful that he's slow to anger. Amen? Uh, if it were me, I think I would have struck myself dead a long time ago. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we're uh, made in his image and not the other way around. Amen? Uh, I don't know about these people that want to create a God in their own image and uh, create a God themselves. I'm grateful that I, I, I serve a God that's unsearchable and unknowable in the fact of understanding all of him. Uh, but yet we know him. Amen? And uh, I'm glad that, that we're created in his image. And his patience is, is astounding. Uh, and he's slow to anger. And, uh, but the Bible says, and of great mercy. So his mercy, letter D, his mercy. And this multifaceted word, has said, includes all of the ideas, and I've said this before, but it includes all the ideas of kindness, loving kindness, mercy, goodness, faithfulness, love, all of those wrapped up into one word. Often translated mercy, but sometimes translated loving kindness in the Bible. Uh, but it includes all of these things all in one word. Uh, boy, so grateful for his mercy. And uh, next it talks about, in verse 9, his goodness. The Lord is good to all, the Bible says here. Uh, the word meaning uh, good means well-pleasing, fruitful, morally correct, proper. He always does the good thing, amen, because he is good himself. And Jesus himself there said, there's none good but God, right? And uh, he was God. Uh, by making the emphasis, the fact that he was God. And the verse says his tender mercies are over all of his works because of his goodness. Everything he does shows forth his compassion, his mercy, his affection toward us. And verse 10 tells us, all thy works shall praise thee, O good Lord. Even his very acts, just the presence of his acts there, the works that he does, turns and praises him. Uh, because they're good. Amen. It just shines forth his goodness. Everything he does has the result of turning around and showing forth his praise and who he is. Is it any wonder that David continues and says, and thy saints shall bless thee? Uh, how can we do anything but bless him for how good he is to us? Amen. And then he tells us also for his, his kingdom. Uh, the Bible says in verse 11, he says, that we, shall, uh, that we need to speak forth the glory of his kingdom. Lead people to him so that uh, they can partake of that kingdom. Uh, they shall speak the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power. And we, we need to tell people about the power of God. Amen? The power of his blood and the power of his might. And so that he, people can understand what he has done for them. And be able to come to a saving knowledge and be able to be a part of God's kingdom to come. And if we're 
faithful to openly and faithfully proclaim his goodness and his mighty acts, others will faithfully come to him. Uh, we are, as verse 12 and 13 says, to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesties, a majesty of his kingdom. Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and thy dominion endureth throughout all generations. And we're to make known to all of the sons of men his mighty acts and the glories of his majesty. And how, <clears throat> how others around us need to hear this truth. There's so much hurt. The sinful world is, is not the end. This is not it. It breaks my heart when I hear someone say, you know, this life is it. After when you die, you die, and it's just blackness. Boy, what a miserable way to live, amen? Uh, you know, I'd much rather say, I don't know, you know what I mean, than to be so definitive to say there's nothing. I guess it's hopeful thinking, really. But no, there is a kingdom to come. There is a judgment to come. And we need to make sure that we're being faithful to tell people the truth. And we have a promise of a kingdom awaiting us. We have a promise of a new heaven and a new earth where we're going to spend eternity. And it's up to them to heed and accept the truth. But it's up to us to share it. And then number five, we are, we are to wait upon his provisions. Uh, verse 14 through 16, it says, The Lord upholdeth all that fall and raiseth up all those that, bowed, that be bowed down. The eyes of all await upon thee. And thou givest them their meat in due season. Thou openest thine hand and satisfiest the desire of every living thing. Oh, what beautiful words there at, that for, uh, there at the first. The Lord upholdeth all that fall. Uh, boy, we need him so, don't we? Uh, he is our strength. He's our power. And when we fall, he's there to hold us up and help us. The just man falleth seven times, yet riseth up again. You know, and God is there to help us. Interestingly, this uh, uh, word upholdeth is the word samak. It's uh, translated upholdeth in the King James. It's a word that is used when speaking of laying the sins of a man on a sacrificial animal. And it's interesting. It's the same word is used in that way there and with a totally kind of different idea and translation. Uh, it's he who takes our sins upon himself, though. Uh, he upholdeth... <coughs> He upholdeth us. It's he who raises us and all of those who are willing to bow themselves in humility before him. To him. And he has provided our forgiveness. He's provided our salvation. He's provided our very sustenance. Verse 15 says, The eyes of all wait upon thee, and thou givest them their meat in due season. And so we wait upon him for him to provide for us. If we only knew how much we really depend upon him for every meal. We think that we're self-sufficient. We think we earned that food, that we earned that paycheck and such. But if we only knew how much of it really depends upon God. You know, if he chose, we would lose our strength to work. We would lose our, our opportunity, all the funds that we have saved back in the bank. Uh, just one a uh, uh, move of the economy and we could lose lose all of that that we put our hope in uh, you better have your hope in the Lord amen that never changes amen and God opens his hand and satisfies the desire of every living thing he says 
And likewise, he can close his hand, and famine and destruction can come. And the provision of God is not just to those who are his saints. He has a, a grace to all. The sun rises and sets, and the, the rain falls upon uh, the just and the unjust alike. And whether they realize it or not, they're dependent upon God. And God cares and provides for the birds and the animals and all of mankind. And his goodness is a call to repentance. Romans 2, 4 tells us, Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. And his desire is that all men would accept his provision for them. And 2 Peter 3, 9 tells us, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but is longsuffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. His desire is to see everyone saved, but it's their decision. It's God gave us free will. He left it up to us. He wants us to... Uh, See his provisions as what it is, a call of mercy to us, to repentance. And we need to be busy sharing the good news. And then sixthly, we are to call upon him. We are to call upon him. Uh, verse 17, the Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He also will hear their cry and will save them. The Lord preserveth all them that love him, but all the wicked will he destroy. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. And if we want to see him in all of his glory act upon and for our good, the good of our lives, we need to call upon him. The Bible says the Lord is nigh or near to all them that call upon him. He's right there when you call. He's a, he's a gentleman. He doesn't force himself upon us or into our lives. He waits for us to call. And there he is, as soon as we do. Verse 18 says, He is nigh to those excuse me, who call upon him in truth. I believe the key there is not just calling upon him so that we can get something from him, but calling upon him. The emphasis, I think, is him in truth. Uh, in truth, it's him. James 4, 3 says, You uh, ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon our lust. And boy, that describes a lot of our prayers, doesn't it? You know, our own desires. But if our desire is Him, He's the one that we want. He's the one that we want to get closer to. Boy, it changes our whole focus completely. And to all that call upon Him in truth, and the truth emphasizes what we really want, we want Him then what will happen? He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. Psalm 37, 4 tells us, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. John 15, 7 says, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, and ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. How can God make promises like that? Because he knows if you're abiding with him, if you're growing closer to him, if you're coming to him, uh, your desires are going to change. You're going to be more like him. Uh, if you after, are after him, he will be found. And all the desires of your heart will be given uh, because he will help you. It's important to understand, though, that he doesn't change. 
It's, a, oh, it's important to understand that he does change our desires the closer we get to him. Uh, that tends to happen even in our lives here on earth. And the closer you get to someone, the more likes and dislikes kind of meld a little bit. Uh, my wife and I have been laughing lately at uh, our you know, desires cha- uh, changing as far as snacks and stuff. And when I married my wife and I was feeling snacky, I would go to the cupboard and find cookies and candy. And she'd run to the cupboard and find chips and salty foods and pickles and olives and things like that. I found myself in recent years craving salty things like popcorn and pickles and olives more and more than I ever have before. And she's craving gummy bears by the, by the handfuls. Um, but I know if I wanted to make her happy, I can get her gummy bears and she'll be happy. I have to be careful, though, because uh, we found out that the, the ones with food dye have, uh, tend to give her migraines. So I have to read the package real carefully and make sure I get the ones that don't have the food dye in it, have natural coloring, uh, and then she can have as much as she wants. Uh, but it's funny how tastes change through the years as you grow closer to someone. And the closer we get to the Lord, the more our taste will change toward what he desires for us. But he also says that he will hear their cry and save them. Boy, what a great promise, Amen. Psalm 34, 17, the righteous cry and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. <coughs> I'm looking for the final fulfillment of that promise, amen. I'm looking forward to that. I love Psalm 91, 15, where he says, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. He hears when we call and he answers us. But he says, I will be with him in trouble. He doesn't say he'll take us out of the trouble. The, deli- the delivering him is not necessarily removing him from the trouble. Sometimes he does, but not usually. Usually it's that he will be with us in the trouble, and he'll carry us through it. He'll preserve us, as verse 20 says. The Lord preserveth all them that love him, but all the wicked will he destroy. It, it's really... Is it really that hard to praise the Lord when we consider just how great and good he is? Amen. And David ends this psalm with a declaration and a commitment. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. And same declaration as the beginning of the psalm. I will praise the Lord. I will bless the, his holy name forever and ever. You better get used to praising the Lord, amen? It's what we're going to be doing while we're spending eternity with Him. Oh, it won't be one continual worship service, as some people picture heaven, and think, oh, that's boring, I don't want to go. That's not, that's not what it is. That's not how He created, that's not what it was in the Garden of Eden. I believe eternity is going to be what God intended for us from the very beginning. He's going to intend us to work. We're going to have things to do. But we're going to, there are definitely going to be times where we'll walk with him and worship him and praise him. You better get practicing, amen? And uh, you're going to be doing it forever and ever and ever. So let's start practicing now, amen? He is worthy of it. Well, let's go to the